What is up, assholes? Welcome back to the Call to Action podcast for our premiere show, the number one show talking about the fan leagues. It is Call to the Fan Leagues. This week was a pretty big week for the fan leagues. Uh, Full Metal dropped a team title match, which was which is an incredible match. I recommend you watch it. Keep an eye out for future guests from that. MTFL keeping it going with their incredibly strong uh, gigtacular matches, as well as a singles match with a uh, friend of mine. And of course, as always, Multiplex is putting out great stuff, as in their round one or the round one of the Warzone teams tournament. I cannot speak, but that is okay because I don't need to speak alone for very long. We have our first guest. There is one league that I have not mentioned so far, and that's because it was the biggest event they've ever created so far. Featured Presentation Productions put on their first. Let's assume there's more. If not, that's okay. Enchantment Under the Sea Dance or their free-for-all. And for that, we have got the commissioner of that league coming to represent Featured Presentation Productions with the Featured Presentation Trivia League. It is the one, the only, the loudmouth, the man who I have beaten in singles before, Mr. Tony Heald. Really? We're going to go that way? You're going to start Of course. Like that? I've had very few wins. I need a little bit of ego boost that I can. So, okay. Tony, as always. Uh, running jokes. Oh, it already. Yes. Let's get it going. Thank you, Aaron, for being in the live chat. Tony, Hi. let's start simple before we jump into the events. What got you into the fan leagues? Like, what was what was what was, what brought you to our lovely community? Boredom. Good uh, <laughs> hey, answer. That's the truth. Like, I was watching Schmodown and I saw uh, someone posting the Facebook group. Oh, you you could try this yourself, and it's like, and there was like an opportunity. I saw the, the week I signed up, they went, "Oh yeah, we're going to do a match that's suitable for European people." So I was like, "Oh yeah, I signed up for, for it." It was a good laugh, and then next thing I knew. I was in a team. We do quite well. I would be. I was game shit caught up on me because apparently I'm funny. Lord knows why. I just say things and people laugh. I don't know. It's the accent. Yeah, primarily. If I can say <laughs> anything in this accent, either I sound hysterical or smart. What can I say? Uh, but yeah, so it was that. Just like just kept building and building. I had really cool opportunities and then started working on you know stuff. Okay. Some of us sound smart. Some of us are American. And, uh, <laughs> and you already answered what your first match was. So let's let's talk about like the uh, what led to your creation of this own little league. Yeah, yeah. So, so the issue is that like I speak to you a lot. And it's just, I'm just trying to make sure I'm just not like how much do I go into this because we're in public now. We do uh, have viewers, so keep it. <laughs> I'm not gonna say PG. We can we can take whatever the fuck we want, but like let's not burn any bridges for you. Um, too much tea. <laughs> All right, Tony. Uh, so it's really just a case of, like, I've always noticed that there's a weirdness around the leagues, but it's just like, it's not, I don't want to say it's not welcoming to at all. It is completely everyone. If you are interested, go play. But it's just like, it's sometimes just like you have to jump through a few hoops if you're not from America, for example, like, gather to play at ridiculous times, like 1 a.m. in the morning to do stuff. Um, and uh, or it's just like if like full metal classic is amazing and any, anyone should apply for it. But if you don't, if you're not just playing full metal classics, it takes a while to get a match or two. So it's just like I want to make an opportunity where it's just like people can just like oh come in, have fun, have a match, like play with friends, play get to know new people, stuff like that, and just build this little community. Yeah, 
that's, that's something I've noticed a lot playing in the leagues too. It's like once you've lost once or you've lost twice, it's really hard to get those like consequential matches if you can't keep winning. If you're someone like me who isn't, you know, top tier competitor, who isn't like Michael Campbell, Jake Marangoni, Caleb Boatman, who can't just keep winning and winning and winning, it can be a while between your matches. And so, yeah, absolutely. And your league helps that. One of those things as well is a case of outside of mind. If you're not constantly in the picture, you're kind of fall to wasteland like four or five months later like four men will come back and just like oh we're gonna put you in a team's match or singles match something like that so it's that long wait it's just like and there was only formal classic which was that weak people live opportunity for people to jump in and so yeah screw it let's play a game let's have fun yeah okay did, like this is all this is all about it at the end of the day we're all, here, we're all here to have fun yeah and speaking of having fun I, I don't want i don't want to get away from like you know your big event which i got to play in but you know what? What led to the creation of Enchantment? I don't see, well, number one, where did the name come from? And number two, like, how did you get it going? So the Enchantment on the Sea is for most for no price trivia match. Yeah, I had to learn that. Um, so what happened was that uh, Warzone had their event, and it was awesome, and it was the top thirty players of the community. And I noticed that a ton of people. I wasn't included because of time delays and stuff like that. And there were a ton of other people that went, okay, I. Is there any chance I can play? And they just got turned away just because of numbers. So I was like, all right, I'm a half decent writer. I can write, like, I've got a few people that can help me. Let's do something for the rest of them so that everyone can have an opportunity to play in at least one. And so that was where the nibblers came from. And then I got some fantastic help from some people like Brian Michaels, Nick Harley, Jay Burns, Kurt Kalikowski, just really to help like the logistics and the writing side and all this stuff, like Joe Harrison as well. It's like fantastic brains just really get the back side of it going. Yeah. And then you sat on the stream for like four hours when losing your sanity every, every, every second. Three hours, 45 minutes, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I thought, oh, it'll be two hours max. It'd be fine. Just like then it was like, it took like maybe an hour for the first 10 people to go through. It was like, Okay, I'm gonna be here for an encore. But it was it was fun. A lot of people had blast, so that's all that matters. Do you have any like favorite moments from the stream? Like any particular tables that were interesting or any particular answers, maybe some special clears? I've slept since then. Um <laughs> But no, uh, so the one the thing that I was most impressed by was the run by Joe Farrelly. He did a fantastic job just going through just table after table, just like he's the player that doesn't really get much notice. Right, so the opportunity for him to be able to have a run like that. Uh, Corey Quinter, who ended up winning the whole thing, came in at number 19. He did a really awesome run. And it's just like, it was, I mean, it was like, there was a ton of fun moments in there. It's just like everyone had a good chance and just good crack, and it was all fun. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a really, it was a really fun time to do. It's like the, the live chat was booming at the time. There was the most views I have ever had on any shit I do. So, it was really awesome to see people getting involved and just coming together because that's. Honestly, what we need to do at this moment in time. Yeah. And I, I realized we just ran through my uh, my singular notes for um for interviewing you so we can just talk about oh, sorry. whatever you uh, like for a bit. Just in the chat, the best moment was uh, Peggy showing up Hammond. Oh, yeah, I love seeing that where it's just – it's it, it, because we already spoiled one of it, uh, I guess we can talk about it again, is a moment where I was on the table at least. Yeah. Is I was like – someone made a joke, like, oh, that's what she said. And you're like – well, actually, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I think you even made a joke, and it was just like, well, funny you should mention that. I was but, like um, losing my shit. It's like, Peg, my girl, yes. And she just showed up and just fucking wasted. Yeah, and the best thing about it, she was sending me messages the like, day before, just like, oh, I'm a bit nervous, just like coming in last. Like, so it was just like, oh, I see ways now. Like, next week, like, 
I host a show with her on Wednesdays, Fancy Fun Fights, which is a drafting show where we get around a movie topic and like it's a 25 uh, five person draft, five rounds. It's really fun. And uh, so she's like, okay, next thing, I'm never, I'm gonna make sure we're never late for anything, otherwise you're gonna get pissed. Actually, this is a good avenue to talk about that because I haven't had you on most of the other leagues. We had them on for like their own episode talking about the mm-hmm. format. Uh, talk about the other shows on your network. Like, what else are you offering the viewers? Yeah, so um, as I said, uh, Fantasy Film Fights is every Wednesday, which is the draft show, which is uh, just a case of like we, last week it was movies with a name in the title. So for Milan, this week is going to be Rotten Movies, so movies under 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's a thing where anyone can sign up, anyone has the opportunity to be involved in it. It's just like a good chance for an hour and a half just to chat bullshit and just play games and stuff. Uh, we got Emmy Live, which is every Friday, uh, which is just a the a new British Empire group. We just do a live stream for an hour and two crack jokes to do like fun weird stuff like this week. Uh, if you can find it, since he got taken off YouTube, uh, we had Caleb Butman, who uh, famously knows nothing about sports, commentating on famous sports events. And then uh, sadly, we've had to, it's not on, we've uh, put it on the side for the moment just because what we're trying to do, especially, uh, especially with feature presentation, is try and do a lot more live streams and just like community stuff. So, because like at the end of the day, like everyone's stuck inside at the moment in time, there's some, some of our community will openly say they don't have anyone in the house with them. Hey, that's my name. Um, <laughs> don't have anyone in the house. They don't have the ability to really get communicate that much. So just giving them, like two, three hour stream just to be able to play some games, do like fun, get like do some Jackbox poker, like random movie games, stuff like that. Just so that people get involved and actually just communicate with one another and just have just chat shit. Uh, but regularly, Shmota we appear on every after every Shmota event and match just to break it down and like analytical style like everyone that's involved is either one of the best in the fan leagues or question writer showrunner and yeah and then feature presentation trivia league which is every sunday uh, or saturday uh, for the next couple of weeks because i'm insane which is so i uh, say randomly draw a team match so four people will get randomly entered we throw them together to make a match off play teams that have never existed before and never will again let them play let them just have fun I don't know. I, I, I'm 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 still a fan of uh, the one match I hosted because I think coming up with names is, is fun. More of a call of these people. Tash, team Ayahuasca. Hashtag. Uh, is, is there a better name we came up for them? Uh, Caleb Bowman and Cameron Redshaw. Oh, twenty percent of Iowa. Back. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, twenty percent of Iowa. Yeah, that should come back. I love that team. That was an awesome team. Like, um, we found some really awesome teams. Like, um, here comes Sonica, Aaron J, and Jacob West. That was really fun. Like, um, Caleb. Caleb Cohen, Brian Michaelson, how long will this team last? And Nick <laughs> Tuig, Jake Burns. Like, we've uh, had some really awesome competitors come together, just like stuff that you'll never see. And just like, and we've also been able to really get a lot of new people, new faces in, just like get them involved in the community, which I think is the best thing that we do. Because if you saw, like, in the uh, Enchantment on the Sea, there was like so many new faces that just like you never really had an opportunity anywhere else. So it was really awesome to be able to give them at least a stage for like five or six questions. Mm-hmm. All right, and you know, you've got to plug my show on your network because it's you know. Oh yeah, the watchalongs. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, every Monday uh, we choose run a movie. Uh, so it gets uh, poll is up at the moment on feature presentation production uh, on the Facebook page is uh, the other guys hot rod and some psychopaths. Uh, yeah, I can I can tell you right now what we're looking. Like we're probably going to do uh, other guys. It's winning with a seventeen to five to yeah, seventy to five to five lead. So even a team up can't get ahead. So we're probably doing nice guys. Or the other yeah. guys, sorry. Duh, duh. Yeah, we probably should have thought of just like, wait a second, this one has a t- 
reference to a fan league thing. We probably should take that one out. <laughs> I don't know. I think Hot Rod is pretty good. And I was talking with Bowen about Seven Tiger Pass. Like, it's the best. Uh, oh, what is his name? The director is. Um... That's why I'm not a ranked competitor, everybody. <laughs> Martin McDonough. Mark, like, like, it's yeah, the best Martin Pass. McDonough movie. I'm like, are you sure? I haven't seen it. So I put it on the list to check it out. But uh, he's not. It's in Bruce's. Thank you. Right. Right. Bowman knows a lot, but he's an idiot. Yeah, it's Bowman. What can you expect? Yeah, yeah. all right. So do you have any, have you any final word before we introduce our next guest and you can yell at him some? Hey, that's always fun. Uh, so, yeah, so as I said, uh, next two days we are doing two matches. Tomorrow is going to be Albert Wadwana, uh, John Movies, uh, reactor also, and the manager of MBE, his face appears a lot about on our show, Brooklyn Bell, taking on the host of Fancy Film Fights, Peggy Gubbins and Alan Shepard. And then Sunday we are doing MTFO. Well, it's the what I'm doing is I'm dubbing it the most international match in the history of the fan leagues because we have Doug Castle from Take Three Productions and Richie Goodacre from Australia. Standard coming cover there, really awesome guy. Uh, taking on from MTFO, David Garcia and then uh, Jimmy Derry. So we are Fran, uh, French Canadian, so technically a different country. Uh, <laughs> no, Spain, like... America, Australia, Jose Beverett. So it's um, the most international thing possible. So we got that. And then, like, as I said, literally every single day, we're trying to do at least one thing so people can get involved and do shit together. Yeah, I was more surprised at David playing in a regular movies match. Yeah, like, he's no, great and geek and everything, but... Is it going to be an interesting match? Yeah, it'll be fun. And it's also, also fun, uh, speaking of geek competitors, uh, what I have today is, is one half of the current fandom team champions of Mischief Manage, a number one contender in the Full Metal Geek titleship, as well as uh, the number one ranked competitor in the MTFO Geektacular League. It is the Warhawk, Thomas Scully. Boy, that uh, that resume is more impressive than my actual resume, yeah. uh, I gotta say. You also hope right. Small Center on feature presentation and that too. This is correct, this is correct. <laughs> Scully holding more titles than he has titles. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I would say you had a very busy, uh, I would say last few weeks, some of it's old, some of it's new, some of it's upcoming. I want to start with the, the one that's most prescient to me. Cause I was, I just watched it actually a couple days ago. Uh, your MTFO geek match against the number 60 Dave Lees, who <laughs> you TKO. Yeah. Um, that was a really fun match. Uh, I love Dave. Uh, when it comes to MTFO, there are a lot of characters in there who, uh, like to, as I like to say, they like to run their mouth more than they run their brain. Uh, Dave, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Dave is not one of those guys. Uh, he uh, he comes in, he, he he does his job, he takes his ball, and he goes home, win or lose. Um, so he was really fun to play against. Uh, he got kind of shafted by the wheel in round two. Um, if, if you watch that match, he kind of got some bad luck there. Um, but... Nonetheless, it was just a normal day at the office for me. Another third match, third TKO. So yeah, yeah. And I, I will say, I, I don't want even. I don't want to say anything about like, oh, he was shafted, da da da. Because to me, and this, this is something that makes you, I think, very impressive as a geek competitor. And this is, this carries into Schmodown, even some regular movies as well. Is you you cannot be a title contender if you have a weakness. Something we saw in like the early days of the Schmodown is a lot of people were like. They avoided uh, Middle Earth and Star Trek because those were very clear weaknesses. You showed that day you don't have a weakness. 
And yeah, I, mean, I, I do have a growing philosophy where if you want to be the best, you have to limit your weaknesses, especially in Intergeekdom or Fandom or Geektacular or wherever. You, <clears throat> you have to be able to perform in all facets of the game, and you cannot be afraid of a Star Trek or a Middle Earth or a DC or a mixed bag, you know, because there's a lot of tough mixed bag movies that qualify as geek films. And you, you really can't be afraid of that if you want to be the best. And I do want to be the best. So you can't just shy away from that. Yeah. Thomas Foley, a man who has no, has, has no hard time performing. Uh, speaking of, of performing a lot, uh, oh, we have, a, we have an interesting comment in the live chat. Wow. Here. Man, presentation productions. I don't know yeah. who that is. I think Dave might have hacked in. <laughs> yeah, he's Dave's drunk again. Yeah, drunk. <laughs> he's drunk and he's and you know he he's having a bad hand in poker so he's this time, uh, going off mouth and on. Yeah, you have you have an uh, interesting match coming up. I believe it's dropping. Uh, I don't actually know, I don't know what day it's dropping on, but it's coming up soon. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a run currently for the full medal title. Uh, since Robert Parker has had an absence, he is now playing the Schmodown. There are is there is a four. Or, I only say a four-way. There are two matches playing into this. We're getting the other person later, Dominic Grazie versus Tim Bercala. And the other person, Thomas Gulley here, versus Jay Burns. Uh, I don't know if there's actual seeding or anything, but you are, I mean, one title already. Are you looking forward to that second title? Absolutely. Uh, and it is, in fact, so it's, so I'm the 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 one seed in that little four person bracket. Jay's the four, Dom's the two, and I believe Tim's the three. I believe that that's how the rankings shaped out. Uh, but yeah, and oddly enough, the last match Jay Burns played in Full Metal Geek was against me. He was the one seed in the in their in their fall tournament. I was the 16 seed, um, and I ended up upsetting him. And that was sort of like the first sort of uh, catalyst in helping me make that big run at the end of last year and getting to play Robert. Um, but I, I'll tell you, Jay kind of scares me a little bit because Jay Burns is one of these guys who he studies his ass off. He does not leave any stone unturned when it comes to studying. Uh, you want to talk about not having any, any, any weaknesses? He's about as close as it comes. He's strong in almost everything. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take him lightly. I know that my, his last loss to me, uh, sort of, it lit a fire underneath him. And then after I beat him and Mark Meyer and fandom for the team belt, it's going to add a little more fire to that belly of his. So yeah, I'm really excited for that match. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it was a great match. Uh, yeah, I think you guys are all going to enjoy it when it drops. Uh, so yeah. Sorry, can I jump in with a question? Yeah, go ahead. So um, you mentioned there something that was interesting, but you were the number 16 seed going into the autumn tournament. You were, you've really only, you've really gotten into Ronin and started like you as 2019, you were always known as a presence, but it's like truly the end of last year, the beginning of this year, you've truly become like this now. Oh, yeah, I'm one of the top dogs in this division now. Do you feel that's helping you in this situation, like winning the fandom titles now? It's like you are building your name, whereas the, like Tim McCullough, obviously, Arkham Knight has been around for ages. Jay Burns has been a presence for ages. Tom Rizzi has been a presence for a while. It's like, where is the US that the new, new breed on the scene? I think that it's kind of a... It's two faces of the coin here. On one hand, it's it like having great momentum with every win. I just get better and better. I grow stronger, um, and that momentum can only carry me upwards. 
But then again, I'm now a target. You know, you saw it around, you know, towards the end of last year, not, not a lot of people, you know, knew how strong I was in Geek and in Fandom. Now they do. Now I have a, a title belt. Now I'm two matches away from another belt and a few matches away from another one. So, uh, so it, the target on my back is only going to grow with every uh, w- when I have it under my belt. So, while yes, it does help, it can also sort of help others try to knock me off my path. And it's up to me to make sure I don't get sidetracked by any of that. And also a follow-up question: Obviously. Number one contenders match for the fandom seemed out the most difficult match you ever faced. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, there's yeah. this team like it's called insert nose here. I think was that insert nose, insert name, Ooh. something like that. In- insert that, nose uh, here is a very different video to watch on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on the OnlyFans page. Eighteen fifty, buddy. Yeah. All right, and uh, no, Spoiler, you, have, you have one more match, but I want to I want to hype it up. So I want to go back for a bit. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you were the 16th seed in this tournament against Jay Burns. Uh, last season had a lot of 16 versus one seed upsets. Uh, but where did you start in the fan leagues? So about a little over a year ago. So I've been watching this showdown since uh, the start of season three. And the first match I ever watched was Dan Merle versus John Campion. And I was I was uh, uh, still a huge fan of the showdown. Um, and I started playing along in Intergeekton matches because as a kid, I would love, I, I like Harry Potter, watched that almost every week, the MCU films, the Marvel, the DC, the Star Wars, loved all those. <clears throat> and then um, I heard about the fan leagues and I thought about getting into them, but at the, it was around this point where I started college and I wanted to focus on my studies a little more. And then about a year ago, I decided, all right, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to try these fan leagues, and I'm going to see how it goes. And my first match, oddly enough, was a multiplex phantom fights match against my current team partner, Caleb Bowman. Um, we played a match. I edged him out. And then from then on, <clears throat> I just kept going. I kept. I just got sucked into this realm of just competition and studying and getting better. Um and that's just what I want to do. I just want to get better with it, with every match I play. And that's what I love about these fan leagues is it's a community of people who all strive towards a singular goal, not exactly winning the belt, but getting themselves better with every match they play. That 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 is the heart of the fan leagues. People who just want to better themselves every time they step on stage. Hmm. All right. And have you have you felt bettered since your first match? I know Boatman's a high target to hit and You've won a lot of titles, but do you feel like a big sense of like personal improvement since then? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, a year ago, <clears throat> I had not watched every Star Trek film. A year ago, I had not revisited the the Lord of the Rings films and the Hobbit films in a long time. A year ago, I wasn't the big MCU aficionado that I am now. Uh, it, it just comes from studying and getting better and better and better and better. And it's about learning strategy. And it's about aligning yourself with people who may know strategy better than you. So you have to learn to take instruction from them and to help them teach you how to become better at the game instead of just relying on your knowledge. All right. And I think this is all culminating, at least personally, to a very important match. Because to me, there is one name in the fan leagues who I think... (laughs) 
everyone like we sort of grown used to it. But there's one name that's come this season, especially this season, which is stricken fear to the hearts of many players who I've talked to. Mr. Nicholas Tuig. The beard, the voice, the man, the enemy. You are playing him in a fandom fandom singles match. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, this is very important because the winner of this goes on very close to face our future, uh, winner future guests plays, pretty soon. The winner plays in a number one contenders match. So yeah. Yep. And uh, how are you? How are you feeling going to this match? Um, I'll tell you right now. Tuig was somebody that I hadn't heard of a whole lot until the end of last season. Watched a few of his matches. Dude's legit. Dude is insanely good at almost every category. <clears throat> you want to talk about well-rounded competitors? He is the definition of a strong, well-rounded uh, competitor. He doesn't really have a weakness. You have to. The only way to beat him is by being perfect. You you have to not miss. You have to not slip up. You have to play with him step by step. You have to match him blow for blow until either he misses or you end up getting more questions right than he does, um, which is not something a lot of people have done. I don't think anybody's really ever done that with uh, to him, um, uh, in Geek at least. Um, this is going to be the hardest match I've ever – like uh, obviously me versus Robert, hardest match I've ever fought. But in like a three-round setting, this is, my, this is my toughest fight I may ever have. Uh, if I may, uh, I actually had the chance to play Nick last season. It was uh, Nick of Time versus Insert Name Here. And it was a BB really watched. And like, um, Scully was formerly a member of New British Empire. So now moved on to the Kingsman. Um, so uh, we were able to watch Scully closely and understand him as a player. And we saw, and it was just like, holy shit. Tuik is just a bearded version of Scully in terms of just the <laughs> ability, the amount that he puts in, and the fact that there's no like every, most players have that one like hole where it's like oh, they're not great at Star Trek. You can exploit that with like Tuik and with Scully. You, you look at him and just go, you just gotta hope that the questions are dickish to him. Like, yeah, and- uh, yeah. It's uh, you have to hope for luck to be on your side, um, but when you're going up against the best. You can't rely on luck. You have to rely on your knowledge, and you have to rely on your manager and the people around you to help you prepare. Um, and now I have a great, you know, support system with the Kingsmen, Caleb Boatman, Caleb Coho, Cameron Holtzman, Doug Castle, uh, uh, Cameron Redshaw. They've all really helped me grow into a better player with study sessions, helping me get better day and night. Um, and a lot of those guys are masters of strategy, and they are a big catalyst to, as to where I am right now. So it's utilizing your biggest assets and hoping that it's enough to win. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, before we get to our final guest, do you, have, do you have any final words for Mr. Tuig? Get ready. That's all i got to say. Just get ready. Should have stayed with Carly. He was a bad partner for you. He, he was the nicer partner. He's no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, that, a, not that Tim Bracala isn't nice. Tim, Tim Bracala is incredibly nice. But Nick Tuig is a ball of sunshine that should never be harmed. And that's what I'm, you did. Quick throwback to uh, Tony's interview here. Peg, no. <laughs> All right, but we, we have to get to our final guest for the night. 
this is the current fandom singles champion, one half of a Warzone, uh, Warzone title contender, former Warzone kind of title contender, uh, lighted up, as well as part of a very dangerous fandom team, as well as also with Thomas Scully on this road to the Full Metal Geek singles title. It is the movie nerd, Dominic Rizzi. What uh, people's and first of all, before I actually get started with these questions, I'm just like to say this episode is officially sponsored by Jameson Black Barrel, of which I'm currently five glasses into. Just um, so that you all know, Peggy Gubbins may not have been that intoxicated, but I'm super intoxicated. I'm ready to go for this. I you can't say we're sponsored. That's breaking some rules, but as he said it, I'm not held yes. accountable. But we do yes. have our Jameson here. Like, call no, don't, don't worry, Spence. You are not accountable. I will fully take all the responsibility for this. And this is the last interview I ever do. I am fully okay with that. <laughs> Uh, I'm here to bring okay. the yuck yucks, as Mark Ellis likes to put As Tony, as Tony and Scully try to balance the soberness here, let's start with let's start with your last, your big hit. Your, yes, your your singles title match, your yeah. first title match. I yeah, think, unless I'm mistaken, and your no, first I'm pretty title. sure I faced Robert at one point for the Full Metal Geeks title, but I'm pretty sure this was my first. Fandom titles. Match. Let's go with that. You won yes. a goddamn title. Yeah, How yeah, I did. It was fucking incredible. As I said in the actual match, I had been waiting for that for a long time. I joined the fan leagues in. Oh god, this is going back into my college career. I gotta reach back now. Um, spring eighteen was when I actually joined the fan leagues. It started in jack of all trivia, worked my way up as I do, and um, I I don't know. Like I I've been in a weird position where. I'm a guy who watches a lot of movies. I love movies. Like, that's my first and foremost passion. Like, kind of my reason for getting out of bed in the morning. But I don't know. Like, it's definitely, I will admit, like, the whole idea of the trivia kind of overtaking the knowledge of movies that definitely kind of spread into the families the way that it did into the Shmona at first. And so, kind of that shot at the title that I thought was going to be super easy at first ended up being, like, actually, like, really, really difficult as time went on. Like, as case per chance. And I realized, I'm like, okay. This kid, Robert, I know a lot about stuff, but this kid, holy shit, I don't think anybody knows this game and just geek movies in general as much as this kid. So there's no way in hell I'm going to get this while he is here. And then he left for the actual Spodon. And I'm like, okay, I might actually have a shot now. And then next thing you know, I won the Phantom Gauntlet over Tom. Tom, I love you to death. I still have no fucking clue how that actually happened. I'm attributing that solely to Zach Braff. Like, Zach Braff, I'm like, Never in a million years I think that would be the guy who I attribute for my fandom win. And it ended up being the case, so whatever. And then I ended up facing Tim. And I went into that match fully expecting to lose that match. Like, I had no desire. Like, Cody, Maggie, everybody on that side of the bracket was shitting on me every single chance they could. I was like, okay, this kid Dom, yeah, he knows a lot. But every single time he gets a championship match, he chokes. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're not exactly wrong. Just based on, like, my performance alone in these leagues since I started – that's not exactly factually incorrect. So I went into that match fully prepared to lose. And somehow, against all odds, I actually managed to win. And now I'm the fandom champion. And you know what? It felt pretty great when it happened because everybody expected me to lose that. And here I am. So, yeah. well, well, if I. And, sorry. Go ahead, Tony. I was going to say uh, something that was different than this match, Fan. Your previous matches was that you uh, had a fandom team partner in Elon McCake. Like, I know, speaking to Eli personally, he's spoken how high that you trained for this match and how, how you guys have been working together. Like, how much like do you think Eli was 
instrumental in helping you get to that position to be able to take him. Yeah, Eli was a tremendous help. Uh, Eli was definitely a factor that I didn't have before in the sense of where I, I, I just find it funny. Like, I love pointing out ironies in this whole thing. I'm going to shut off that light because it's creating an unnecessary reflection and I don't really need it. But, um, what's it called? Yeah, Coho was a situation where, yeah, I loved actually being in a situation where having a manager actually made a difference. Um, I will say that Coho and Eli's managerial strategies were significantly different, the specifics of which I my, my brain is just not in a position to be able to actually break down into. But um, I just find it funny that the minute, of course, that Coho dumped me as a client, um, <laughs> I actually ended up winning the championship round on my first battle. So I just find that ironic and hilarious, to say the least. But no, Eli definitely helped me a lot because he was definitely doing something that I feel like Coho. I'm not going to, I don't want to take this opportunity to just shit on Coho nonstop because he doesn't deserve it. And he actually does do a good job for what he does. Um, Eli was shooting me questions nonstop. Like we were testing nonstop, like almost every single day throughout on the matchup. And then he was even like, it was kind of funny because he was like getting into my head and kind of projecting kind of the thoughts and overcoming kind of some of the insecurities that I had going into this title match. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a tremendous help. And I'm not going to say that, like, he made, I don't want to say, like, he made, like, that much of a difference because, like, I don't want to, I don't want to shout on him. But, like, it definitely, like, it was just kind of, like, oh, the stars aligned in the sense of, like, it really created, like, the perfect opportunity for me to be, like for for me to get into this position and actually like strategize and actually play Tim because everybody knows when it comes to strategy everybody knows that's not my strong suit like that's not a matter of like me keeping weakness to myself like I just I, I'm not that good at strategy like that's just how my brain works okay and obviously this is very big to you I can tell you were very passionate about this but as we were just talking about with uh Scully your title defense isn't too far away we already have our number one contendership set up. Like, is anyone scaring you right now? Scully, Tuig, uh, RJ, Eli. Is any is there anyone like right now who you think could be taking the title from you soon? Um, I mean, the way that I look at it is that look, I'm not a guy who got into this to win a belt. If that makes any sense, I mean that that probably comes from like the worst possible position, considering the fact that like of all the guys who were going to succeed, Robert, I was probably the last person that anybody expected to actually get this fucking thing. Like. Everyone was like, oh, it's going to be Tim. There's no way. And if Tim doesn't get it, then like, yeah, he'll hold it for a short bit. And then two, he'll get it. Or Tom will get it. Or RJ will get it. Or anybody else will get it. And I'm like, look, if they do get it, if they do win against me in the next match, then I'm like, sure, good. They deserved it. I take every match as it comes. I take every single just like trivia match like thing as it comes. Like I'm not a guy who's in it to win a belt, if that makes any sense. My whole thing with this with when I got into this was that I was a guy who I love movies. I love watching movies. And it just so happens that this is a section of trivia that I happen to be better at than just general movies. I typically just in terms of the amount of media that I've consumed in my life, I've consumed more geek media than I have just kind of regular traditional media. So this is just something that I kind of happen to be better at. So if any one of those guys happen to come at me and take the title from me, Good. I wish them all the best of luck, and I wish them absolutely, and they absolutely deserve it if they do beat me. But my whole thing at the end of the day is I'm here to show up and have fun, playing trivia questions and answering as many right as I can, and that's all it is to me at the end of the day. All right. And uh, anyway, speak, speaking of that, you have another uh, title title run ready where you could actually get a rematch against Tim. Yeah. And Funny how that worked out. Yeah, this this is this is all in uh, this is all in full metal. So the strategy is very different, I know, compared to fandom. Uh, where's your head 
going into this? How how different is your preparation for these two different uh, leagues? I'm not gonna lie, a little bewildered. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm still prepping as much as I possibly can for it. But yeah, it's it's just a matter of like I'm still kind of like even though it's been like oh my god, I don't even remember how long ago it was that. Like two months ish, right? Something like that. Yeah, but I'm like I'm, I'm, even though it's two months, I'm still kind of reeling from the fact of like holy shit, I actually did this. I actually got the championship belt. So I feel like kind of like some part of that my brain is like never going to lose that when I eventually get this match. But again, Tim is a great player. It kind of sucks that I have to play him again. But that's what I've been saying like since the beginning. It's like the minute that RJ dropped, that was kind of weird how that ended up happening. Where RJ sent me that message like almost immediately after my championship match against him. I'm like, oh my fucking God. God, I mean, kidding me. And I feel like everybody who knows going into this match after having watched the fandom match is kind of thinking the same thing. So that kind of makes me a, feel a little bit better in terms of that sense. Well, so just think about, think about like this. Like the second you took your gloves off, you put them back on and ready for round two. Yeah. Like, exactly. this, like this, this isn't like, a, oh, I got to, it's like a rematch. You're continuing the fight. Timber Kala is a man who has never backed down from a challenge. It's like you're walking in and just ready. Like, you know, he's been coming back harder than he was before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the message, the message hasn't come out yet, so I don't want to get too into it. But I do want to, I do want to lead into something else, which, which I guess to me is more important because I'm playing in it. Uh, this Warzone singles tournament, you played a very good match recently, and something that I, I want to set up a little bit before we dive into it. Uh, for those of you who are watching the Warzone, or those of you who aren't watching the Warzone uh, teams tournament, this has been a very incredible short two months because we are defined by a time where the former uh, three-round points record has been shattered and tied and re-shattered over and over and over since the start of the season. And someone who helped do that very nearly, very nearly broke the record is this man right here. In his match against Khan of the Dead, uh, I think it was like a four, or no, a three seed versus a 14 or 13 seed. Y'all win end to end. You nearly won, like you, I mean, you're sorry, no, you nearly lost the match, but you nearly broke the all-time points record. Yeah, that was that was a crazy match. I had a lot of fun with that match. I love Jay. I love Mark. I faced those guys more times than I can count and I can keep track of. Um, Dustin, my my whole thing with Dustin is that's a matter of like, yeah, we can lose just as many matches as we win. Um, Dustin and I go back like literally to third grade. Like we literally like literally to the point where it's like that cliche story of like two kids meeting in the elementary school playground where it's like, yeah, we kind of don't like playing on the playground, but like the rest of the other kids, but it's just two random kids that meet up and are like, yeah, we just ended up talking movies. Like that's like a joke worthy, like origin story as it is, but like kind of like that, like all of the way that I think about it is that that's kind of the best origin story that you can think of because Dustin and I have not stopped talking since that meeting. And there's a reason why we're team. So it's like, it doesn't matter how many matches we lose. Like there's just some sort of sorts of bonds that just go back way farther than like any sort of trivia. And uh, yeah, Jay and Mark are both great guys. Um, I love Jay. I wish he would still message me more because he used to talk all the time and now we barely talk. And Mark, yeah. I feel bad for Mark because Mark was in a situation where it's like every single time I played him, I'm like, man, I want him to win so badly just for the simple fact that he can get out of this rut because every single match he played against me, he lost. Like just factually speaking. And I literally was getting to the point where it's like, okay, I kind of don't want to play this guy anymore because like, like I'm, I'm gonna beat him, and I don't want to beat him. Like that's the worst part about it. But yeah, that was that was a really, really fun match, and I'm glad that I redeemed myself in a way that because it was kind of a repeat of mine and Dustin's previous match with Tom and Matt, where that match I lost on a Tarantino question. This match I won us on a Tarantino question. So I was like, let's go. 
Uh, Scully, he, Tony, do you, have, do you guys have any questions for uh, Mr. Light It Up over here? Nah, he pretty much covered everything uh, I had on, on, on my mind. I, 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 I just think it's funny that, like, now that you beat Tim in his own house, he's trying to knock on your door and kind of try to beat you in your own house in Geek. Uh, it's it's kind of poetic that way. Right. Funny how that works, especially since you were the guy who ended up beating me for the number exactly. one for, for the yeah. championship match against Robert, which, again, like, I was – that was another match. I'm like, yeah, I – I I don't even remember who I had. I think I'd already beat. You know what the funny thing was? I think I'd actually beat Tim in order to face you for the number one contendership match because I think I mean, it was Nazario, someone else who I'm currently forgetting, and Tim. And like I guess like it was kind of like that little last little bit of confidence that I had. I'm like okay, I beat Tim already. Um, that doesn't make me as worried about the fandom championship match. Little doubt that I was gonna have to face him again, but even still, it's like. Especially because, like, you and I are also, like, we're two guys that, like, even though, like, we only met, like, what was it, like, not even less than a year ago, yeah. like, we both have, like, very similar thought process when it comes to the trivia thing, yeah, which I, which I actually admire a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so, and, oh, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, something that was uh, seen between your matches at the end of last year and now is that it's, like... Your final match of 2019, it did end in the New Mexico situation where it was that miscommunication that was kind of the key issue. Like, and then watching your match against Connor Dead, that was almost a night and day situation. How did yeah. you, like, just you know, without giving us, make, telling us how you made the sausage, how did you and Dustin kind of get on track and just like go, okay, we need to get XYZ set so we can be more formidable? Well, again, the whole thing was is that the whole Jake Mike situation was just it, it was a learning experience, regardless of whether we even realized it or not, because we even though like Dustin and I are kind of like, again, it's a situation where we're two guys. We've grown up together. He literally lives like not even 10 minutes away from me. Like, like if I leave my house right now, it takes me like about like 10 minutes, 15 if there's traffic on a good day in order to get to his house. We both like we, we've grown up with each other. We know each other that well. We both knew that against Mike and Jake. We were both nervous. We were both sh like literally shitting our pants as we were playing that match. And it's like, yeah, we both know that like there's so many expectations on us. And this, it was kind of a situation that we were both not ready for. Like we knew that going in. And it was definitely a situation of we're like, okay, regardless of what happens afterwards, we both know we are never going to do what we did against Jake and Mike ever, ever again. And even Jake and Mike pull it, pointed it out is that it's like, yeah. Our nerves got to us. They knew that we were both better players than that. And that, that they, it, like, to them, it, like, it wasn't even a victory because we were both tripping over each other's respective feet. And I think that I want to make clear going forward is that that obviously was a fluke, but I feel like anybody with, like, enough common sense would know that. But also just the fact that, like, yeah, we're, we're both in it at the end of the day to, to play for fun. And that was kind of something different that we weren't necessarily used to. But again, if, if, if our match against Connor the Dead shows anything, is that we're kind of a lot more ready for certain matches like that. And I feel like if we were to go up against Concept again at any point, I feel like we would have a lot more of like a game face on and ready to go, if that makes any sense. Like I said, I don't, I don't usually like using that terminology because I'm a trivia guy first and foremost, not necessarily a formulation guy. But yeah. Well, see, here's the interesting thing. And this is the last thing I want to do before we end the show tonight is we actually just found out uh, like less than an hour ago who your next opponent is in this tournament. And it's Jurassic Sharks, the people yeah. who took Wild Stallion to the final question over in Full Metal yeah. and who pulled a major upset against Bombardment Society. Are you ready? Yeah, definitely. Um, I will admit, 
again, if I'm being 100% honest, and I feel like I'm not the only one who thinks that in this case, um, I feel like a lot of people were expecting uh, Caleb and Zach to take that match. Needless to say, that didn't happen. And uh, yeah, look, like I said, I, I treat Kirk and Sean the way that I would treat any other opponent. Like if we were facing Jake and Mike again, if we were facing Tom and Matt again, if we, again, if all of a sudden Jeremy decided to come out of retirement, we were facing Jeremy and Sandy again. Like if we were facing Tom and Caleb again, if we were just, um, you know, for geek, obviously Dustin doesn't play geek. That's my partner with Eli there. But yeah, we, we treat every single match that we have coming to us the same. We love, we both love movies. We both know a lot about movies. We both basically been doing the shit like the IMDb shit, memorizing shit about movies, basically before this whole trivia thing was even invented by the schmoes. And yeah, we're just, we'll, we'll take any opponent that we can get because at the end of the day, that's what this is about. It's love of movies and love of trivia before anything else. Yeah. Uh, do you have any words for Jurassic Sharks? Uh, for Jurassic Sharks, no, not necessarily. Only that, Kirk, Sean, I can't wait to play you guys. I have a feeling that no matter how this match goes, it's going to be a great match. And the only thing that I have going forward now is that, again, this doesn't necessarily apply to Jurassic Sharks. This applies to all the rest of the fan base. The only thing that I have to say now is that right now, three months into the year of 2020, obviously we're all on quarantine. You know, Tom, I noticed you coughing a decent amount. Uh, again, I'm not trying to make any assumptions, but I'm just saying <laughs> something, to make, something to keep track of. You but, shot me. Yeah, yeah right? I got my train of it six foot away. But the only thing that I'm going to say here is now is that with how I've seen where the Shimonon is going, with the general direction that it's going, I am officially putting my foot down. Again, this is something that I said a couple weeks ago. I believe it was to you, Spence. And I, I think I said this to a couple of different people, which is that now I feel like the fan leagues now – are better than the actual Shimona. I've like I bet that is a conclusion that I've been coming to for a couple of years for for a couple of years now since 2018 since I joined. But now this year I am officially of that point. The fan leagues are actually better than the actual Shimona. I think they have more difficult questions. I think the players have more actual interest and passion in the overall game. I think just the kind of overall new blood that's coming in. It's a different kind of blood that even like Harloff envisioned when he crafted the Shimona in the first place. And I think that kind of what we do here is going to determine the future of the Schmodown. And I do not say that lightly at all. I would actually, that's, that's, that's actually something else. This is more of like, a, this is a call out to all the other people watching the other fan leaguers. That's something I've actually wanted to have a discussion board on. Um, this is a few other topics I wanted to use the previous format on to talk about like, Hey, so-and-so thoughts about this. That is something I've been toying with about why fan leagues are better than Schmodown. Not a fact, just an opinion piece. I allow people the opportunity to air that opinion. So thank you for bringing it up. Uh, any viewers who share the opinion, or even people who disagree, who want to argue their points, please let me know. I'd love to set up that roundtable. But well, that is the end of this episode of Call of the Fan Leagues. Final note from Tony before we get some I was, uh, information. I was just going to say, just as the opposite argument for that is that Harloff is playing with a smaller deck in terms of play, plays they can pull from. So it's the people from out. LA or people that can fly in on a regular basis, whereas we have the ability to get worldwide worldwide competitors. So is the com comparing apples and oranges kind of unfair in that sense, and there's more like character bases, but like if you do compare probably like you look at your players like Jake and Michael, for example, like probably if they were based in LA, they probably would be in title contention. Yeah. And we can get into more of that whenever we do that episode. But let's uh, let's start, let's start back up with our first guest, Mr. Uh, Tony. Where can people find you on social media, and what should they check out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, best place to find me is uh, Fish Presentation Productions. You can find us on Facebook. Um, just search for that or uh, YouTube. Please like, subscribe. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, we're doing live live stream matches. Then every day, pretty much, there should be something up there. 
it's like Monday, you got you doing your other guys watch along, which is going to be interesting. Uh, so yeah, so it's one of those things where everyone's welcome. Please join. Please, like, if you want to be in part of something, ask. We'll gladly put you in something. But if it's not this week, then the next couple of weeks, I'll be trying to get as many people involved as possible because we're all set at home to playing with our thumbs. So might as well do something fun together. All right, and uh, Scully, where can people find you? Uh, you can, <clears throat> sorry, you can find me on Twitter, tcscully31. I offer just your random twenty-year-old college student opinions on everything. If you're interested in that sort of thing, um, I also do uh, Schmo Center and be live with FPP up there. Um, so yeah, like, subscribe, tune to that, and, and just in general, follow Multiplex, follow Full Metal, follow MTFO, follow. MPTL, follow all of these leagues that are working their asses off to provide great content for all for all for everyone, especially in these hard trying times where everyone's at home, everyone is, has nothing to do. This is a great opportunity to experience these families for the first time. And if you're bored as hell at home and you've never played a trivia match before, come out and play. Come out and, and play somebody. We'll try to get you a match. We'll try to slot you in somewhere. Um, and just have a good time. And could not have said it better myself. And Mr. Dominic Gracie, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be as selfless as Tom was there, but I will definitely say that if anybody is suffering from the coronavirus out there, please wash your hands and obviously seek proper treatment. But yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Actually, not Twitter. I just realized I'm lying there because I haven't had Twitter in over two years now. Uh, all under my name, Movie Nerd Reviews. And uh, yeah, I also have a podcast too. Uh, it'd be pretty cool if you guys check that out. It's uh, at Talkin TV Podcast no G, um, or just talking TV. It changes based on whichever place you're searching for. I think it's talking TV podcast. MG. But the point being, it's talking TV. It's me and my buddy, Chris Evanko. I would basically just talk about every new pop culture phenomenon that comes to the world of media. And uh, yeah, it'd be pretty cool if you guys checked us out. We're on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and any place else that you can listen to podcasts. And we also just started our YouTube channel too, all under the name Talking Apostrophe TV. Right. And you can find me on Twitter at TemekuFilmNerd. That's at T-E-M-E-K-U-FilmNerd. Also check out uh, my independent trivia podcast, Movie Trivia of the Pacific. It's probably temporarily canceled or hiatus, whatever, because coronavirus shut down my school. But I'll see what I can do about that. I'll check out all the all the other wonderful shows on Call to Action Pod, on the Call to Action Podcast channel. Namely, uh, we had Christian Harloff in the last minute show today. Out of nowhere, but check it out. Great time. And to always check out a Call to Action Live, Call to Action Podcast Live uh, this Sunday. Ooh, and major plug, big, big thing. Uh, we have our two-year anniversary stream going down tomorrow. Uh, keep an eye out on Twitter and other social medias for our actual announcement on a time. I don't want to get it wrong, but suffice it to say, it will be big, it will be loud, it will be very drunk, and as many people as we can get on, will be on, which means Jarvie might be shirtless. That is the final note for today. Thank you so much for watching our show. Uh, peace out and have fun, play trivia, and let's hope you win.